everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene or day by day until the end of time. That's right, Colin. And it is, oof, what a day. Middle of August in the 40s was sure a a time, especially Mm. in like the Asian part of the world, just like lots of really bad Western Europe stuff coming on over there. Mm Mm-hmm. And today is the day when something pretty cruddy happens uh, for our characters in Ms. Marvel. And then also kind of pretty cool and magical. You know, these things go hand in hand sometimes. Um, right. You like have to sort of soften the blow by putting a cool thing in yeah. there. So like, yeah. this all was terrible. This part was cool, though. Just to yeah. be clear, like not saying the other stuff is good. Just, you know. Yeah. Sometimes the snow comes down in June. Sometimes the sun goes around the moon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So got a little bit of a of a fun one here in terms of timestamps. So the first mm-hmm. thing you're going to do is you're going to watch the beginning of Ms. Marvel season 1 episode 5. It does the cool thing where it's doing the flippy flippy with the comic pages and then all of a sudden it goes black and white and then the 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 film goes all weird and it becomes like, you know, your film reel style mm-hmm. like uh what's that called resolution? It goes square too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what's that called? Uh, uh, aspect, aspect, it's, yeah. Your aspect it's, it's, ratio gets yeah. changed. They do that in Wandavision too, you know. Yes. So like yes. they have it in that, and like they do it. They in fact they do it in, in reverse. Where and they did it in. It goes from square and it opens up right further. And they did now. it in. Uh, they did the same similar thing in Werewolf by Night too. Uh, oh, a similar you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was good. That yeah, for sure. Um, I think when we were talking earlier, I think that may maybe what I was thinking of when we that we were talking about it and like it. Oh, right. About like where does that fit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh that's you're gonna start. It's gonna be, you know, previously on, I forgot to mark where the uh where it actually starts, but you're gonna stop at two minutes and forty one seconds. You'll know right where it is, and I and I'm actually gonna read the newsreel so you know, you'll even know what they say. Uh, then you're going to skip to 12 minutes and 50 seconds in that same episode, and that's gonna. And then you're gonna end at 18:51, and then you're gonna go over to Ms. Marvel season one episode four, and you're gonna start at 39 minutes and 21 seconds and go till credits. Then you're gonna cut back to Ms. Marvel season one episode five at 18:51 and go through to 22:56. What on earth is happening? Let's find out. Yeah, let's dig in. So this is what, uh, this is the newsreel. This kind of gets us our, uh, this is sort of, it was the worst day in Avengers history, sort of, uh, you know, pre mm. uh, like prologue of the comics sort of deal. That is a, it was the worst day in Avengers history is what happened right after uh, the disassembled, like the Quinjet right. crash. Uh, Mar- that's Mark and my uh, standard reference for running reference to tragedy and and those comic book prologues it was the worst day in Avengers history so that's a little inside joke for you and the listeners to now know between me and mark giving away all the secrets so here are, here's what the newsreel says at the stroke of midnight hmm, at the stroke of the midnight hour when the world sleeps india will awake to light and freedom with those words on the eve of august 15th 1947 newly appointed prime minister jawaharlal nehru signaled the beginning of a new india 
after almost 200 years of a precious in of a, a precious, no, of oppressive British rule, India is free. The Dominican of Pakistan is has been demarcated for Muslims, while India is a secular state with a Hindu majority. An unprecedented mass migration has begun as millions of people make their way across borders, a consequence of a century-long British strategy of divide and rule. Riots and violent outbreaks have erupted across the country. People are fleeing for their lives. Bloody trains arrive to their destinations as homes are torched across the country to understand how all this began we must go back to a pivotal moment in the indian struggle for independence back in 1942 now if you haven't listened to the ms marvel episodes back in 1942 one i, I you know you what a wild life you live yeah, yeah yeah you you live you live a wild life you're like time Spitting is not on. weird enough um <laughs> you said i okay here's my question to you james yeah. Do you think there's going to be someone that will take our podcast and then listen to the episodes in order of how they appeared on air? I hope so. I did I tell I you that I'm listening that to Marvel Movie Minute in the order of how of what we've covered? No. So I'm st- I started with, you know, with they haven't Our, covered Black Panther right. yet. So start with Thor and like cut all the way, you know, it's and then, like, you quickly get to Captain Mar- uh, Captain America because they haven't done Thor or Thor two or Thor three. So, anyways, anyways, sure. but uh, I do I do hope that someone is on timeline scavengersing our, our our shows. And if you are, I will. Uh, Colin and I, I'm going to volunteer Colin right now. We will be on your show. We would we would happily be on your show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we will. Um, so, but now it's the time that 1942 was leading up to. It's weird when it's like, let's go back. Now we're here again. So, as you recall, last night, uh, Aisha and Najma met uh, in a sort of uh, Garden of Gethsemane sort of mm-hmm. like moonlight kind of uh, area. And Najma freaked Aisha out. And I'm going to read what happens, but I will say that this first motivation of Aisha's that I'm going to read, I had not clocked and I love it. Seeing Najma makes Aisha want to leave as the growing danger looms nearer, which angers Hassan who doesn't want to leave his childhood home. Mm-hmm. She gives Sana the bangle to keep her safe. That is a hybrid MCU wiki and James original um, because it, it caught that in the middle of a sentence. Uh, and I just want to stop here. I just, I just want to say, I love that I was on in the impression. She's like, we got to go partition but what's really going on is we got to go partition and get away from Najma like it's like it it sucks because like it's a bad thing that's happening and I think that to some extent she was willing to stay there with him but like then it was like this is a perfect cover absolutely like like it sucks that it has to be that but like if there was ever a time for us to try and sneak out like this would be the time exactly exactly so uh Aisha, Hassan, and Sana march to the trains. They don't literally march, but that is the verb that Mshuki picked. But Hassan, because Sana cannot keep time. Good Lord. But Hassan <laughs> claims he cannot keep up. Claims is also a wild verb. Mshuki, you are off the, off the chain here. How did she use the phrase off the chain? And let's move on. The three sit down, and Aisha tells him the truth about the bangle as well as who she saw the night before. 
Uh, as they get to the train yard, Aisha sees Najma walking towards her. She gives Sana to Hassan and tells him to go. As Najma gets nearer, she claims that Aisha has turned her back on them, them being the clandestines. Najma then stabs Aisha before walking away. Meanwhile, Hassan nears the train, but has lost Sana, and my heart breaks just every every bit whenever when they cut back to Sana crying. He tries to find her while, while Aisha bleeds out on the side of a train. Aisha uses her bangle to set off a purple flare. Kamala Khan travels back in time to 1947, landing on the train tracks at the station. Kamala sees the commotion and jumps onto one of the trains, seeing into the distance and everyone trying to escape. That was the part at the end of season Mm -hmm. one, episode four. Right. Now we're back. She jumps down and walks through the train yard. She sees Aisha lying on her back in a cart. Khan says that Aisha has to save Sana, like in the story, that she will be told in the future. Mm -hmm. Time is weird. Aisha replies, saying that she's okay because Khan is there. Uh, Just real quick, because sometimes you refer to my name. I want to refer to your name. Uh, you did say typical great-grandmother uh, behavior, wrong kid names, because Aisha right. does call Kamala Sana. Right. It's honest mistake like, at the point of, at, you know, as I lay dying sort of. I mean, uh, that's, that's fair, but it's, it's that thing of like, you know, you know when you're like, you have a family that has like too many kids and grandkids, yeah. so they start going down the line of names. So yeah. it's like. Ellen, like, are you still dating clock? And it's like, I'm Susan. Right, right, sorry. And it's like, are you still dating Clark? You mean my uncle? What? No, why would you date your uncle? That's not what I'm asking. You're like, yes, I, okay, no then. Okay. You know, they're she like, okay. Cat. Yeah. She then gives her a picture before dying. Aisha gives Kamala a picture before dying. Khan briefly mourns her before running through the crowd and finding Sana. Picking her up, Khan creates a hard light structure so that Sana can step on it. However, Khan is pushed, causing the light to break, but Sana somehow controls the particles which lead her to her father. Khan realizes it was her that saved Sana in 1947 before she travels back to the present. Uh, she says something that I thought was very interesting. I can't do stars, but I can do circles. Uh, I was like, stars? Oh, that's America Chavez that does star- a sort of different mm-hmm. deal, but like she right. makes stars. Um, but... That is, it's funny because we see the uh, sort of a story being told out that we haven't heard the story yet. So, right again, I love this show very much because we're getting to see the actual What's also source interesting before we get like, to the we, folklore. We have heard the story when she, oh, sorry, when you're actually watching the show normally, yeah. to be clear, right? When you hear that story and she talks about being, like, that is not at all how I depicted that idea. Right. right in my right. head, it was like literally like a trail of like floating, like not that she would climb on anything, but that she would right. follow like a path. Right, right. So like this is such an interesting thing to see because then you go, "That's what they mean," and it's like it kind of clicks a yeah. little bit that of course she's the one that did it. Yeah, because it's now you bit, see what that means. You know, it's, it's like, like it's like one of those. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's like purposefully not misleading, but like. It's correct. It's just yeah. not how, like, it's not your first assumption. So, like, they do it really well in that regard. In in Macbeth, there's a number of prophecies that are like that, where it's like, right. you'll be defeated by someone not born of a woman because he's born by cesarean section. Yeah. So, by yeah. section, yeah. Yeah. Which Anyways, means I could take him out, but anyway. Same, same. Um, and, like, the, the, the trees will move on Dulcinea, and it's like they pull out the trees and move Looney Tunes style. Mm-hmm. Um, Macbeth, the comedy. <laughs> 
So um, <laughs> I have a couple of a couple of notes here. Uh, I believe you said that you didn't have uh, you didn't have much. Is that is that true? Did you have any notes or thoughts on? Uh, Not on this? really. It's just really just my thoughts, and I've actually kind of already interjected them into yeah. the episode. It's just more of like, um, like there's nothing specifically that to me was like, oh, I really need to know if this happens in the comics or whatever or anything like that. So it's like, you know, for me, it was just a matter of like enjoying and watching. And yeah. also because we haven't, you know, again, I, I, I talked about it, but because we haven't heard them actually telling the story yet. And like, yeah, there's not like a lot for us to literally draw to. Or right. like draw back to specifically like it just it, there's not a lot that you can say about it yet. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it. I think it's a it's a good scene. Like, I, sure. I will say that, like, that child actor. Yeah. Powerful. Like, yeah, I, I you hope that they aren't like actually traumatized. Kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but because, like, you know, I've definitely watched things before and have like watched like a kid cry, quote unquote. And it's like it's just so fakey and like it yeah. doesn't feel and you're just kind of like or like someone will do that and you'll be like. Okay, and you don't really feel bad for them for whatever reason, yeah. which I kind of feel like is a weird thing to say out loud. But no, like, but I get it. Yeah, but then like when she starts crying and she She's does anything, like, you're like Abu. Yeah, uh, when she's crying for him, and like it's also like I understand that that's a term that you that like is used by many people, right? In fact, like probably I think probably everyone, right? Uh, but it's like because this is the MCU's first real foray into this culture. Yeah, it's like. The only time we've heard Abu is her talking to her father. Right. So there's also like when right. she's scared and she thinks about her dad. And so then there's kind of like this this other parallel between her and her grandmother. Yeah. Um, and like seeing seeing how like they both kind of react in, in similar ways. They both lean heavily on their father. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Like there's there's some interesting little parallels in there. And like I understand again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but like Right, but no, yeah, absolutely. It's like absolutely. it's such an important thing. I do have one note which is like simply about like the um the wiki people. Uh-huh. Um that or the wiki writers rather. Uh I this is such an interesting concept. There are characters in the MCU where I feel like it makes more sense to say their last name versus their first name. Uh-huh. Or you could use either name interjectively, right? Peggy and Carter. Right. I've been, like, yeah. Peggy and Carter. I, I don't think I've ever said Edwin says this, right? Right. But I would say like Jack or Thompson, right. Daniel and Sousa, you know. Um, Rose but, and Roberts. Wait, no, no. No, no. Uh, but like hearing Khan instead yeah. of Kamala, like, yeah. despite knowing that, like, frequently, both in the comics and here, Kamala Khan. Like, to right. me, it's either Kamala or the full name. Right. Right? Because, like, we also all know that concept of we all have a friend concept. where you can't... The concept. That's very good, James. You said it so quietly, I want to make sure people knew <laughs> and that I give you credit. Um, but, like, you know, we all have a friend where we know that, uh, like, you can't just say their first name like you have to give them their full name right you know um because like a good example of this is friend of the show has been on the show uh daniel spencer right Mm -hmm. i can just say dan daniel whatever i don't ever feel the need to at every given time that i say their name i don't feel like i need to say the full name right but there's someone that i went to high school with who 
his name, we always like, it doesn't matter who you talk to every single person that still like knows that person, talks to that person always says his full name. Yes. Um, and I don't feel like weird, like saying his name here. I'm going to say it in a second, right? Cause he's done scavengers content before Daniel miners, right? Okay. Yeah. I have never just been able to say Daniel or Dan, unless right. it's like me talking to him specifically. Sure. Like it would sure. be weird to like turn to him and say, so Daniel miners, tell me about weird. Right? right. But it's like when, when he comes up in a story, right? It's yeah. the same thing as there are so many mats that we all know. But like there are some mats where you can just go, oh, so Matt the other day was selling me this thing, right? Right. But like uh, this one kid from from again, so high school, there's one kid who just has one of those names where yep. every time you talk about him, Matt Summers. Right. Matt Summers, Matt Summers. You could talk about any of the other mats and sometimes not use their full name and people would just know. People would understand. Right. right. But like Matt Summers was a name where we always said it in full. So it's the yep. same thing for me. It's like I, I would feel weird about saying just I mean, not fully weird about it necessarily, but like just saying Peter is, it's like, it's okay. I don't have oh, strong like feelings. Peter Parker. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I was going to say, but Peter Parker to me sounds right. <laughs> right. Calling him Parker only feels weird. Yeah. My, uh, my friend Jesse Wells, uh, as is evidenced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, calling her by just Jesse would be, weird and when people do that especially around me i'm like i don't understand what you're saying right um another person i do that with is my therapist oh no <laughs> like, when i refer to my therapist to my to my wife and anyone else it's first name last name put together just like jesse wells mm -hmm. so when i am talking to my therapist and i have to just use her first name does it feel weird it feels like i'm walking in someone else's shoes i'm like valor mm-hmm Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna stop talking like no because like i, I it's weird to use her full name because right. no, no, I, for sure like i'm not worried about you knowing what her name is oh um, yeah no, no no i know okay it looked like you were ready to i'm, to I'm going to just for something coming okay. up in a second okay. but um, but yeah it's anyways it's it is weird i did think about uh when we were doing agent carter uh i did keep thinking about um do you remember that thing back when uh when during the election it was like Biden and Kamala. Mm -hmm. And like, it was weird because it was like, why not Biden and Harry? Like what, you know, why is yeah, it it's, that it's not Joe and Kamala or Biden and Harry? I think it's, it's about how people personally also prefer to be like addressed, I, you know? Po or, possibly. But there was a, there was a like, like almost like, um, paid patronizing sort of like we call the women by their first names and we call the men by their last names. Which, you know, you know uh, interesting. I, I don't know, I don't but know I do is. know that when I was writing Agent Carter, I was definitely like, you were, you were saying a lot of Peggy's and a lot of Sousa's. You need to watch that. Watch yourself. Oh, I, cool. I, I, like, I thought I did a pretty good job. Of oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Me, when I'm writing. Oh, sorry. When I, sorry. You, James, are doing a lot of Peggy's and a lot of Sousa's. So put Papa Frost in there, Papa Daniel, Papa Jack, just because you know, like. I want to be more even with it. You know what I mean? I think the reason why she would be different in this regard, right, is that Peggy is someone that we feel a much larger emotional connection to. Sure. So we don't mind calling her Peggy because, like, it, granted, we're not friends, right? We don't know her specifically, right? But it's right. like you feel like you have that connection with her, so you feel like you can call her that. 
But then you see, like, because she can be both professional, but then also very personable and, like, an interesting, fully developed character. But, like, I rarely would say Daniel. I would mostly say Sousa, simply because it's, like, he's this, like, by-the-book guy, you know? Yeah. It's, like, you know, I sometimes will say Steve, but I most of the time will say Rogers, right? Right. Because he's the same way. Even though I have, like, a a quote-unquote personal connection, right? Sure. It's just he feels so, like, I'm by the books. I don't, like little bit lack of personality but like peggy yeah. has that personality yeah. so you kind of lean into it yeah. um interesting i do have an avengers ensemble i do have some uh notes though just sort of on partition a little bit as it as it is oh sure uh the song at the beginning uh you can tell this was written by someone with maybe like a british vocabulary or or something because uh in the trivia it says the song playing at opening casting which mm. like the opening credits, yeah, um, is Tumera Shand, uh, Mind Terry Shandani, uh, which is from a 1949 Hindi black and white film called Dilagi. Uh, so it is an anachronistic uh, song because this ah, is 1947. Yeah, Howard Stark. Uh, yeah, absolutely. How, his reach is far. Howard Stark's like, we need to get that Hindi film out now. It's because the, he he made his picture studio, so pictures got moved up. I love Competition. it. Competition. I love it. You know? Perfect. Perfect. Um, we see a number of, uh, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, Jawahal, mm-hmm. Lyle, uh, Nehru is in there. Uh, Nehru, who, after whom the Nehru jacket is named with the c- oh, no yeah, collar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to look up sort of what the scale was for the exodus from partition. Okay. Um, and it looks like the number of people that uh, left India to go to Pakistan and left Pakistan to go to India because, you know, it's a two-way migration because, you know, um, it looks like it was a total of about 14 and a half million people. <laughs> Seven, 7.3 basically going each way. So I knew it was a big number, but I, <laughs> listener, I need you to know that that pause there was me literally moving away from the mic Kind of just processing how many people that actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it fully it fully made me lean away. Yeah. And like I don't know how to describe the face I made, James, but I did catch it a, <laughs> briefly in the zoom window as I turned away. I caught a glimpse of it. And yeah. it was like it was it was yeah. definitely eyebrows fully up and just like yeah. yeah. Not not my jaw specifically hadn't dropped, but like yeah. You could imagine that it was. It looked a little bit like the wind got knocked out of you, frankly. Like it was sort of like just like <laughs> it was a little <sighs> bit like I I was just like, okay, hang on, I need to I need <laughs> a to moment. take a knee, you know. Yeah. And like, uh and really not, contemplate life. Exactly. It's a lot of life. Um, so much life. The the so the thing to keep in mind is that all seven point two five million people weren't at that train station at that one day. It was just that that was the first day they could leave. Mm-hmm. And that that was just leaving uh, Mumbai. Um, so, again, it was a, a very crowded train station, but it was just sort of a small, little small portion of the whole country moving, you know, moving house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I found an interesting section called Missing People. Because, you know, Aisha technically would be yeah. like, she went to leave, then she didn't show mm. up in Karachi. Uh, and it looks like basically... There were 1.3 missing Muslims who left India but didn't reach Pakistan, and about 0.8 million Hindus and Sikhs who left Pakistan 
to India that never reached that. So there's about 2.2 to 3.2 million missing people from partition. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a lot. That's a, a lot of people. That's a, it is a lot what's of that percentage. So uh, of the people, so what's what that two moved. over? So it's one seventh. Uh, well, so it's it's uh, what two point? Let's call it three divided by fifteen. So it's a fifth. So it's twenty percent. So wow. I, I, I don't know. I guess it would be there were 20% more people that didn't make it that left. Right, right. So, yeah. Wow. It would be more like 16 million people or something. You know, like I mean, like, this is such an interesting thing, too, about how technology has changed so much for us, yeah. right? Because, like, the concept of, like, a mass exodus potentially causing people to get separated, yeah. you could today text someone. Or yep. just go like, okay, my phone's dead, but like once I get there, I can charge my phone and just call them and we'll meet up. I have a GPS, right. whatever. It makes me think of like post-World War II mm-hmm. of like a lot of um, like concentration camp survivors. Yep. Uh, and then sometimes also just like war, um, uh, like war, uh, like prisoners of war and stuff like that. Sure. That's, what, that's the word I was kind of going for. Like all the folks that were like coming home, but were like trying to find people that like they maybe got separated from in the war yeah. and like having those large um, boards of just like, have you seen this person? This person's been found there at this, you know, like it's the same thing here, you know, where it's like you have all of these people excuse me, leaving from both major cities and like probably smaller cities that we just don't really uh-huh. hear much about, you know, uh-huh. uh, either crossing by train or by foot, you know, across these, you know, large borders and, uh, all sorts of reasons and ways to get separated. Yep. And it's like, you know, I mean, granted, Sana is a toddler. So, like, it makes sense that we're very worried about that, right? But it's like, right. if Sana had been a teenager, right? you know, would it have been as much of a concern that she got separated from her father? It's like, it wow. it would be tough to get them back together, but, like, we can assume that probably they could. But today, I mean, it would just be like, oh, okay, yeah. uh, listen, we got enough people pushed between us yeah. and um you know I, like I, I just you know uh, i'll catch the next train i'll see you at the station right you know i mean it there was an article i didn't read or a section of the article i didn't read about violence against women during partition so Ugh, your teenage okay. daughter being that's you know, that's a fair yeah but uh yeah point your absolute point absolutely taken uh kristen has now finished the first season of Mad Men, which I have also, that's where I am too. So mm-hmm. she's now past me actually. Uh, spoilers for the first season of Mad Men, which I believe is like 13 to 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, in that, there is a identity switch where this dude just doesn't come home from the war. He just plain old doesn't. Like his identity has been stolen and the other guy died and so whatever. But like they never hear from him ever again. Right. So... How do you do that by that? Like how how does one fully just change their identity without other people like I mean getting again, lack of technology. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Like ID cards didn't have photos for a long time. And also like if you went to like Facebook today, you would see so and so change their name or whatever, right? But like right. there's no Facebook then to go, Oh, wait, this guy's in the war. Wait, now he says it's complicated. What does that mean? Oh god, we never <laughs> heard from him again, you know? Uh, exactly. Like, that's the kind exactly. of thing that you have going on. Um, also, I know it's only by like two years yeah. difference from what you said, 2007. 
So 16 years at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, wow. That's that, wild. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's absolutely not long time ago. Um, the other thing that I thought of, of course, was an event that also in our Marvel universe led to people not knowing where people were. Yes. I, oh, that's, that's a good point because like, you know, okay, so that's an interesting concept. Not to compare the partition with no, a no. fictional event, but, but like, like... Well, uh, okay. Lots of missing people. To be, to is be sort very of... clear, what I'm going to say is not dismissing the partition. Yeah. This yeah. was on a grander scale because this sure. was half of living life, you know, on right. their planet and across the universe, right? Right, right. So the, that was an interesting thing, though, right? Because, like, you know, they had those those giant pillars, and I guess technically... What was happening there was is it wasn't even so much of like I guess if it was like if you've been missing for two years, we can we can naturally assume you're one of the people right. that got wiped away, which is why Scott goes and sees his name and he's like, "What? I'm not dead," yeah. you know, and doesn't realize that it's been five years. Um, and then know? the guy in Spider-Man: Homecoming's wife didn't disappear but just ghosted him. Yes, and that's very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Wow, that's so funny. Um, could you, I mean, uh, kind of like it's, the partition thing, though, where you go, this is my This sucks, but this is an opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> I could do it. What if I... Uh, ooh, okay. Ooh. Do I dare? Do I girl boss? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's gaslight. Let's do it. Um, no, but like, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's that thing, too, right? Where it's like, because te- te- uh, technology was still around. Yeah. So surely... But like, what I do think is interesting is that like, even with technology... When that many people get pulled away and then also come back, the way that the world had to, and it took them time, and they're still not even really fully, for lack of a better term, like fixed, right? From everyone just coming back. Because the amount of infrastructure issues that this caused is out of this world. I was just trying to think of where I heard it and it was just in one of those Facebook things that I send you all the time mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, there were people that were on planes when they disappeared mm-hmm. that showed back up to the middle of the air and just, you know, fell to, you know, die. You know, were, what was interesting was that, okay, so I read a similar thing, right, about how, well, they wouldn't have just popped right back where they were. Because that's not where the planet is anymore, right? Okay, but, but I right. think what I think one of the things about that is that there has to be some form of quantum entanglement. Correct. And I wonder if the for for example, being on a plane, I wonder if they are if it is the physical space relative to like the center of the earth kind of thing that they are put back on, or do they pop back into place and they are on that same plane, but now they're just like in someone's lap. You know what I mean? Right. Like halfway across the Atlantic and someone's like, how did you get on this plane? Right. You know? And they're like, what do you mean? You know, or like a guy right. who's like, you know, in the bathroom and then suddenly there's a guy just washing his hands at yeah. the thing. You're like, oh, it's like, you know, that's impossible. You know, like, yeah. so it's like, I wonder how much of that was again, like it, the plane is in a different spot, but they're like in, entangled to the plane mm. or like physically same, you know, Almost yeah, like I, a ghost. Oh, it's like haunting, right? Yeah. Because like the kids in the like high the school, for example, right? Yeah. In the marching band. God, okay. That is probably the only time where I saw a thing of people coming back from this thing where it was funny. 
Right. Yeah. And like, I appreciate that we were very serious with all of it, but like, there's just like one moment of levity of like the basketball team, like being on the court and then half of the marching band just pops in and the tuba right. player just getting decked by a basketball. <laughs> the way, the, I mean, they did the, the comical, like, you know, like, yeah. The way I laughed at that scene, oh my God, deep belly laugh. Um, yeah. That's good stuff. But yeah, no, I, I think though that like it's such a interesting thing of like all of these resources still can't prepare you sometimes for huge catastrophic changes. Yeah. Um, and like again, back then with no technology, see so and bring it about all back. Uh, yeah, without go. that technology, like that must have been, I wonder like how many people weren't missing but just for whatever right. reason could never track down their family right. or how many people did exactly what we were talking about. Like they're missing, but really they right. were just like, Oh, I've been trying to get away from yeah. my like abusive ex or sure. from my overbearing parents or whatever. And I finally free. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of like, I, yeah, yes. Um, there are examples, but let's move on uh, from that because it's a great topic of conversation very interesting, but let's uh, actually. I have a good transition from that. Okay. I want to give a link uh, before we move into Avengers Ensemble. There's a link uh, that I found that was like I I only scratched the surface of looking at it because we had to record. Sure. But it's uh, www.1947partitionarchive.org. They've collected thousands of well, stories. Of what people. was it one more time? 1947 uh, partition. Partitionarchive.org. Archive.org. Okay. I'm just going to. And you can put in poke. where they were, where they yes. were coming from. Like, I, I actually looked up people. There was actually someone named Najma who went from Mumbai to Karachi when she was like two or three. I was like, that's. Did they just. <laughs> A lot of so, shared stuff. Yeah, this is yeah. this is fascinating. Okay, yeah. what I do think is crazy, right? Is when you're looking at this thing. So it's it's a lot like um oh I forgot what those types of maps are called. But like when you it's have like, like population density sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you see a lot of things that are just like 29, 8, 17, right? Then right. you're like, okay, 79, uh, 105, you get up to 688, and you're like, wow, that must be the most traveled from spot. 793, okay, that's definitely, never mind. Right yeah. here, you've got 2,263. It's like, what the, you know? So like that one's, oh, but that's, this is interesting. Actually, if you zoom in a little bit further, that yeah. 2,000 actually gets split up even more. So what is, wow. There's something like that that's like, and there used to be a thing, maybe it was on Facebook or something, where it was like, it's like, you know, there's 50, oh no, it was, oh, it was on Reddit. When Re I used to be part of this Reddit, like Secret Santa Exchange, and you could see where everyone was located, but it would be like, you know, there are 50, you couldn't see, like, it, once you zoomed in, they, they like did randomization, so they weren't like pinpointing your house, but like, you could see that there were, you know, 150 people participating in America, and then you'd zoom in a little bit, and it'd be like, okay, but there are, 25 people participating on the East coast. Okay. But there are 10 people participating in Virginia and stuff. So it would be like, Oh, this huge thing. Oh, it, as you zoom in, it sort of gives you an idea of the space that, that you're zooming in through. 
Yeah, that, but I, yeah, I think I, I think it was it was either this exact same website or a website that used this exact same um, like code for like how the website looks, right? Yeah, uh, for a different like something in the forties. I definitely used either this exact site or something that's very similar. Because right. when when I first started looking at this, I was like, this looks exactly like what I remember. Yeah, but I'm looking at a couple other pages now. And it doesn't quite seem so. I'm I'm now curious what like event I looked at in the forties yeah. that used basically the same type of or like same type of like uh archive. You looked up stuff. the uh the um uh soldiers in the SOE. I did look that up at one point. That's true. That's a good point. Um I found it fascinating because you can look they basically interviewed all these people that you oh, see yeah. a number for. There's an interview that they're basically like tell me what you remember. And like the first one I, I, I clicked on, he was like, I don't remember much cause I was one, but I do remember like at some point when my brothers was playing with a gun and shot himself in the foot. Oh my God. And like, that was like the majority of the story. I'm like, that's fascinating. Like that is absolutely like what a wild one single thing to rem- I mean, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. I understand why they remember it, but like anyways, um, so that is 1947partitionarchive.org. Go there, read all the stories, or you know, just do some, just do a deep dive into into something. It's, it's wild to see, like, if you see, like, leave, from, um, you know, depart from Mumbai, and you'll see, like, a lot of them went up to Pakistan, and some people are like, bye, and like yeah, go over oh, like yeah. Lebanon. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, which, which, I was just looking at that migrated to screen. There's like a random guy just in the United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Uh, there's someone in Kenya, someone in Tanzania. Zimbabwe. I I can't even tell what country this is because I'm so it's so far zoomed out you can't even see somewhere around Indonesia, the Philippines. So yeah. it's like, wow, people really people really traveled. And then there's also enough, people. Though, no one went to the United States or Canada or anything like that. I wonder if we weren't accepting people. I thought we were by then, but maybe not. I don't know. We're, we've been very wishy washy on on huddled masses. God, so true. Um. I do think it's also interesting that there's a lot of stories of people who didn't migrate. Like if you click yeah. on like Mumbai, it'll be like from there didn't leave. And they still have a story obviously because they are a person who lived through the thing. So anyways, uh, that's a, that's a, a really cool website and a really cool project. Uh, let's do a quick uh, Avengers ensemble. Then I have an in the comics section for the first time in a long while. Ching, wow. ching. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, okay, so the newsreel announcer uh, from the beginning is played by a guy named Alistair James Murden. Uh, he goes by Alistair Murden in these credits, but I was not going to leave out that James because uh, I've sworn an oath. Of course you wouldn't, yeah. Um, and uh, he, among other things, he has played both Loki and Gilgamesh in a podcast called Mythology. So he's not played MCU, but those are both MCU characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the movie Space Invaders! Exclamation Point, uh, which is, I don't think, related to the video game, but it is the same thing except for that exclamation point, which makes it, you know, uh, legally different from the... <laughs> and right. then <laughs> he was also in uh, Fallout The Wanderer. Um, which I guess maybe is a, a spinoff of some sort of Fallout content of some sort, maybe well, related to the Big Bopper song. I'm not sure. Um, wait, I'm so, I'm so sorry. He was the voice of 
He was in the video game Fallout the Wanderer. Because, okay, that's interesting. Because the Wanderer is, uh, okay, uh, I can be quick. Oh, there was a short video about, okay, I see. Because I was going to say, because like oh, was the he in Wanderer. A video? Was it not a video? It was a video game? Or not a well, video game, it was so a video. The, the video game Fallout, right? In Fallout 4, the main character is known as the Wanderer. Oh. They do this great thing in games now uh, where if you want to name your character personally, but they don't know how to make someone say your name on every line, what they do is, is your character develops a nickname in the area, right? Yeah. So like everyone just knows you as this guy, even if you have a different name that you use for your file, right? Which right. is so smart in my opinion, yeah. right? Because that way it's never just like, hey, you. Right. It's like... It's like they are addressing you. It's just they're not using your proper name. They're using like the title that you like go by. So right. it's like you have the the sole survivor, or maybe it's lone survivor, or some of that um, from Fallout Three, and in Fallout Four you were called the the Wanderer, the Lone Wanderer. Uh, and they also, of course, use the song the Wanderer. Right, you know? of course. Uh, but um, then in 2017 there was a 22 minute f- uh, short film called Fallout the Wanderer. Um, and, and which person was this again? Sorry. Uh, this is the newsreel announcer. No, I mean his actual full name. I mean. Oh, uh, Alistair James Merton. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yep. Um, he was also he Maybe played Jon Snow in what has to be a parody of Game of Thrones called "Get in the Van, Sansa," and uh, that <clears throat> sounds very funny. <laughs> that does sound very funny. Uh, and he was also in the 2018 um, uh, video of or like movie of Persephone Pictures of the End of the World, which is based on a very uh, very famous uh, graphic novel. Oh. So, uh, yes, that is Alistair James Murden. Uh, he is in episode f- uh, five. Uh, now we have a brief uh, uh, episode information because this is the first time we're seeing episode four. Uh, it's called Seeing Red. It uh, is named after that uh, Unwritten Law song, of course. And <laughs> no, that's a joke. Mm-hmm. It's a good song, though. Uh, it aired on June 29th, 2022, um, which is why if... Um, it was directed by Charmin Obaid Chinoy, uh, Chinoy, who directed all of the Ms. Marvel episodes. Uh, so, but she does have an update, which is very exciting when someone has an update. Ooh, yeah. She's going to direct an untitled Star Wars movie in 2027. That's Which is in tight. development. Yeah. Feels weird that it we're for, you know, we're already, I, I took a moment when I thought, when I read that mm. to be like, it must be weird that? to be a to be a director and be like, I'm working on this right now, but I do know that in four years, I, if you know, if I'm still alive, I'm right. still gonna, I'm gonna be doing Star Wars. Like, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that must be really tough because like part of the problem is like you can't just say, well, we'll do it as it comes up. Yeah. Because like if you have to make some sort of comprehensive plan, but then there's people who are just like, any day now, I'm gonna get to work on Star Wars. Any yeah. day. Here uh, we go. <laughs> also, like when you said seeing red, I was like, I knew I wanted to make a joke, but I couldn't get there in time. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know that I should also have a pop punk reference. And of course, it's Radio by Alkaline Trio. Oh, okay. Right, right. For sure. Um, uh, the other one is, of course, Minor Threat, which would have been a much cooler uh, reference than Unwritten Law. In my personal opinion, Unwritten Law is I fine. I like Unwritten but, Law. Uh, but uh, much more hardcore reference to to reference Minor Threat. And that's just by definition. Sure. Um, and I think that Scott from Unwritten Law would agree with me. Uh, it was written in part by Sabir Pirzada, uh, who is working on an untitled Marvel Nova project, which is very cool. Oh. And also he wrote three episodes of Moon Knight. 
So we're going to be hearing from him again uh, soon. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then AC Bradley and Matthew Chauncey, our old friends, right. no updates from them. We've seen them any number of times in the recent years. Uh, future guests of the show, AC Bradley and Matthew Chauncey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what finally, if season two is going to be coming out supposedly this year. It's on IMDb. It says yeah. that what if has 18 episodes and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. I think, I think they only say that because they knew it was already confirmed. Sure. to have a second season. Right. But I meant like, I believe it's coming out this year. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. Uh, Kamala Khan is mm-hmm. played by uh, a, a woman named Iman Valani. Also future guest future of the show. Guest, future, yeah. future best friend of the show. Honestly, probably future third, yeah, you know, yeah, host. exactly, exactly. I mean, fourth. We, sorry, Tay. Hey, uh, <clears throat> if she comes and she's wearing really, really uh, nice clothes, that's an IV drip. Um, so she is. Uh, oh, that's so I frustrating, but also it's very good of you to understand the modern slang. So thanks. Like, good for you. Uh, national Treasure, the uh, the new National Treasure show, is really helping me with that. Really, I thought yeah. I taught you drip, which is interesting. You did. No, no, oh, okay, you did. But Got like. It. It's giving Rachel Maddow was a line from today's episode. So it's giving is is a th- there's it's the one character, the one character that that I oh. think that you already hate, even though you've never watched the show. But he's one of my favorites. He's the podcast guy that he gives like the hype because I have a podcast, yeah. and you're like, was that a super fan over there? It's yeah. that guy. And then uh, a frequent segment on Avengers Ensemble, people that this that. This episode of Ms. Marvel is their only thing. Wow. And they aren't named. And so I, I like to think that they were, they put themselves in here. Sure. Uh, although they like... weren't uncredited. So maybe they didn't. Hmm. Uh, shout out to Miriam Samuel. Uh, she's Jahan, uh, both playing women at woman at partition. Uh, Kabita Mahadur, mother at partition. Munir Christo Mo, uh Masse, uh, father at partition, Noman Arshad for son at partition, and Stiash Usman, 10-year-old girl at partition. As I took that note, 10-year-old girl was walking. I was like, that is a good name for that character. That Yep, 10-year-old, yep, there she is. Um, and that is Avengers Ensemble. My only other thing, and this is related to what we just talked about. It's not necessarily related to this episode in particular. Okay. But I just, I, I'm going to... I don't know what to say here, right? Because, like, I don't want to say that I don't believe in manifesting things, right? Okay. But I've never been the kind of person that's like, I'm going to manifest this thing. You should just right? tell yourself you're going to start manifesting things. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to manifest manifesting. Um, no, but it's like, I'm not usually the type of person that's, like, out there, like, I'm putting this out into the universe, like right? Like, like sure. constantly, like, maybe once or twice, but, like, it's more of just, like, I want people that I know to know. Yeah. So, like, maybe if you see anything, you'll, you'll send it my way or whatever. If you see like, something, say something. Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, like, my thing is, is I want to put this out to the universe, and I'm hoping that this somehow reaches the ears of someone in Marvel. The Marvel universe. I am desperately asking, like, begging for... We don't even have to have lines like Stan Lee would, right? Right. I am desperate for you and me to be literal timeline scavengers in like every project moving forward there is just somewhere deep in the background like it's like half the time we're out of focus yeah like we're like in tva uniforms right like taking pictures or taking notes or like arguing about where we're going next kind of thing like 
Yeah, and then if you're ever at the TVA, it's like we're at a place where I think I know what I said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like you have a timeline, and we're trying to literally assemble certain yeah. things to put back the correct main. T- like, I just so desperately want like let us be the next form of observers. Yeah, in this That'd universe. Yeah, absolutely. I I truly like. I mean, would I love to be able to in a Spider-Man movie have a line where I talk to Spider-Man? And maybe shake his hand and like maybe he like, you know, Dude, grabs me and like, you know, saves me from something. And so like I get to like fly through the air with him. Yeah, uh-huh. no, of course. I'd love that. But like would I give that up so that you and I could just do Marvel stuff together like forever? Yeah, for sure. Aww. That's very and nice of you. I hope you know that that shows how much I you know, care. Hey, I also I wear glasses now so we could be like bespectacled timeline scavengers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have to be like nerdy timeline scavenger and like dashing non glasses wearing. What's the one from uh, Agent Carter? Frumpy. Yeah. Frumpy. Where they go? They go short and frumpy, and we're both like, "Hey, wait a minute." Well, no, it's not me. Yeah, not frumpy. Um, (laughs) that's weird. They somehow booked you twice, Colin. Like, wait a minute. And they're like, no, we did. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Uh, so the last thing I have is talking about Kamala Khan in the comics. We're not going to get into mm. a lot of stuff, but we did introduce the character. We sure. saw her as herself. She's not going to, she's not, you know, scrawny Steve. We right. can fully talk about her. So Kamala Khan, AKA Ms. Marvel is a Muslim Pakistani American teenager from New Jersey. She possesses latent inhuman lineage activated by the Terrigen bomb. Uh, when she was exposed to the Terrigen Mist, she became a polymorph with the ability to stretch her body in almost any way imaginable. Kamala was a huge fan of superhero superheroes, especially Carol Danvers, the former Ms. the former Ms. Marvel. Uh, she went on to become the newest holder of the Ms. Marvel identity. Uh, she had a first appearance in Captain Marvel Volume Seven, Number Fourteen, where she is someone saved by Captain Marvel. Hilarious, like. Love it. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. It's very Peter Parker. It's giving yeah. Peter Parker as a child. Oh, God. Said it yeah. again. And then uh, her first appearance as Ms. Marvel is in all new Marvel now. Point one. Uh, number one now. Oh, wow. Their numbering system. Like. Specifically during the now time. Oh, really just so convoluted. I'm, I'm, I'm so in the middle insane. of reading Venom 13.3 right now uh, yeah. because it was a weekly thing until they mm-hmm. settled this thing, which was fine. And it was right. it's a good story, but I'm like 13.3. I know. I have a Ugh. lot of I have a lot of physical copy books uh in my parents' house that yeah. uh does the same where it's like yeah. organizing I was like that's 13. Wait, but that's thir- Oh god. No, wait. Which one did I just put it? Yeah, it's like a <laughs> Now, I will say that I, I do very much, and I will always defend the negative one, uh, the minus one issues of, of Marvel Comics from the late 90s, where it was basically like prequels and origin stories. Of oh, yeah, like, I don't mind. Like, I think DC definitely does like a zero. A zero, yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with those. I'm cool yeah. with that. It's just decimals have no place in comics, and that's I think we agree with that completely. Well, it's just also like when you're like, okay, it's... Now one, number one, legacy number 772.1. And you're like, stop. Like, <laughs> Come why on. are we doing this? You know, it's like. But it rounds up to. <laughs> right, exactly. And they're like, but like, because there's no decimals in the legacy numbers, it means that it's really 773. 
And you're just like, just just stick with the legacy numbers. I like, don't know why we've done this. The point one I get, it was like I, how I saw it described when I was when it was first starting mm-hmm. and I was reading these comics, is point one is like, here's a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it, it, like I understand as a good jumping off point, like here's a good place to start. That's fine, but when you do point two, point three, like that's that's out of that's no longer doing that. Uh, I didn't say the dates. First appearance un, unnamed July twenty thirteen. First appearance as Ms. Marvel January twenty fourteen. Uh, and then I was also reading that that appearance as Ms. Marvel chronologically isn't like it's at, like that takes place after like volume three of of Ms. Marvel comics. Comics are weird. That's why time is weird. Um. And I have two notes. There are lots and lots of pieces of trivia about Kamala Khan in the comics uh, that are great. Um, but the two ones that I want to share, uh, in Arabic, Kamal means perfection. Kamala, Kamala's parents gave her this name because they believed they could not conceive another child. Uh, and uh, Kamala actually has a much darker complexion than most of the Pakistani population due to the fact that prior to the partition of India in 1947, her family resided in Bombay or Mumbai, as uh, they would call it, mm-hmm. uh, not being the British. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so offensive. Like uh, this oh, is a place called so Mumbai. Offensive. Did you say Bombay? No, we said Mumbai. Bombay? No. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no. So. Um, Istanbul, not Constantinople, I guess is what we're what we're saying here. Right. Um so that 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 is uh sort of an, a little bit get the work. Yeah, exactly. That's one that's uh nobody's business but the the native indigenous Pakistan? people. Yeah. That's in, in the Indians, because it's in India. True. I guess oh yeah, that's a good point. I was trying to think um, of Yeah, never mind. Anyways, uh that was a little, so that's a little glimpse of Kamala Khan in the comics. We're going to see her in, let's see, uh, 80 years. So, um, <laughs> yep, that's uh, true. Take care, Kamala. We'll see you in the future. And, uh, hey, Khan, if you want to go uh, make your family proud by taking us over to social media, uh, I would be very into that if you wanted to, to Absolutely. To do I'm going to do a recommendation today. And today I'm going to recommend to you Spooky Spouses. Uh, Spooky Spouses is a great little show. Uh, it is hosted by Jordan and Lindsay Reed, uh, a obviously couple, right? Married couple, spouses. That's where it comes from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and they okay. do supernatural and true crime, all sorts of like anything that's related to like that genre, you know, spooky, creepy, um, haunted, uh, cryptids. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like all sorts of things, you know, like that they really, they really cover the gambit there. Uh, you know, fresh fruit smoothies. Um, it's it's all there, and uh, I think that their show is just truly such a delight. And each episode, they both, you know, will uh, research a topic without telling the other one about it, and then they uh, get to tell their partner and us, the the listener, at the same time for the first time. Um, <laughs> and they they cover so many different things, and they have such a strong energy. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things where I really want to recommend it specifically because like, you know, I totally get how things like COVID and school can really knock things kind of like, you know, loosey goosey. Right. But the fact that like currently Lindsay is finishing school, uh, and is also doing this podcast 
and they're like they're they're mostly back to regularly weekly episode releases. Like they're just out there, you know, kicking so much butt making this uh, content. Um, and again, it's just such a delight. Yeah. Uh, people love that show, and I think that you will too. Absolutely. I also wanted to bring them up because on the Wednesday after this episode airs, which means that on February 15th, uh, they will be doing a live stream event on twitch.tv slash spooky underscore spouses, uh, which is also the app that they use on you know Twitter, for example. Uh, and at 7 p.m., they're going to be doing a live stream. It's not an episode, uh, but just something a little silly, but also something that they think people are really going to uh, want to check out. So I wanted to make sure we give them a shout out and let people know to go check that out because uh, I'm going to be there. It's going to be a great time. I- I'm going to be there in the audience, not uh, in the thing. You get what I'm saying. That is Spooky Spouses, which you can find on every platform uh, just by searching Spooky Spouses, or you can find them on our website, scavengersnetwork.com, to take a listen to an episode today. And with that, we are done with this episode of Timeline Scavengers. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you all next time. I believe next time we see each other will be in 1948? 49. 49, okay. Ooh, skipping a full year. Full, um, one whole full year, as far as we know. Yeah, that's a good point. You never know. <laughs> Someone else could always come up. That's right. um, but until then, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm James Anderson. Excelsior! Excelsior!